Hey there, Crosswinds family and friends. Welcome to Crosswinds Unleashed. Each week, we're dedicated to bringing the best uh, stories and biblical life principles from authentic believers. Our podcast breaks down the Christian life through interviews and practical instruction, hopefully in a fun and accessible way. I'm Craig Cooper, the host of the podcast, lead pastor of Crosswinds Church. I want to give a special shout out to Elijah Merrill, our producer. And also welcome with us on this special Father's Day episode of our podcast, three colleagues of mine who are on staff here at Crosswinds. We have Pastor Brian Soler. Hey, Craig. Good to see you. Pastor, Pastor Chris Taylor. Hey, Craig. Better to see you. And Director... Pastor, Reverend Doctor, Brian Samuels. Wow. The best to see you, Craig. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's so nice to have you here. Uh, We're just going to talk a little bit about what it means to be a dad and uh, look at sort of what the the Scripture says about it, um, you know, sort of where we are in our fathering as far as the age of our kids and and sort of of start with that. Um, I'll start us out. Uh, I have uh, three. Uh, My daughter is 28. I'm looking at Ryan as my son-in-law. 26, that's what I meant, uh, which means that my son Jake is 23, and that means that Will is 18 going on 19. All right, he shakes his head yes. I do love my kids. I just don't care how old they are because they're out of the house now, sort of. It's true. Yeah, so it's a sort of a different scenario. I have two grandkids. Now that's a little more important to me. I have uh, two of those. I've got myself um, – I was about to call her Punky – um, but that's sort of not her name. You didn't name her Punky. Um, but I have a, a granddaughter who is three going on four uh, this coming December. I have a grandson who is a year and a half. And so that's, that's, that's my sort of my, uh, my kid picture. Uh, we'll jump over. We'll go from, from those who are, have the oldest kids down to those who have the youngest. And so, Chris, help us out now. Who do you have? And, and please mess up someone's age. I so, won't. Oh, my I goodness. I can rattle off all my kids' birthdays. That's horrible. Right so, oh, my goodness. Uh, I have four kids. My oldest is Madison. She is 18. My son, Silas, is 17. My daughter, Bella, is 12. And my daughter, Emerson, is 7. Man, he was so good at that. And he has one the, more than they're me. They're all going on the next year. Really? They're not going to skip? Yep. Okay. Okay. He doesn't have grandkids, though, so... It made that's, it easier. That's where your focus is. Yeah, it just made it, it made it so much yeah, easier. Yeah, you nailed the grandkids at ages. Yeah, yeah, I did. Even to, I the, did. Even to the half year. Yeah, it's true. That's true. I feel good about me. So I think I'm next. I don't have any grandkids, and I only have one kid. I have a son named Charlie who's four, and that's pretty easy to remember because it's just one. Yeah, and I, I also have one, which is the youngest. She's three. Her name's Jordan. Or Punky. Or Punky. Right. Yes. So uh, let, let's just sort of throw a question out, and then we'll, we'll, we'll go for it. Uh, so Brian and Ryan, you have one. Chris and I, we, we, Chris wins. He has mm-hmm. four as far as the number. His quiver is fuller than ours. Yep. But um, if we can think back, Chris, I'm going to try to think back to fatherhood. Mm-hmm. You're holding the child in your hands. Your wife just delivered. Um, what's going through your mind? Well, so I don't want to get into the whole delivery story, but no, I mean, don't. it was it was a long wait to hold my first child in okay. my hands. So it was 22 hours of labor. It was an emergency C-section. Um, she came out not breathing right and all oh, this goodness. stuff. And, and it was, she was in the, 
with the nurses for a long time before I got to hold her for the first time. So uh, when <laughs> we joke with her now, she's you know she's 18, but I joke she had a second head when she was born. Like d- her head was deformed to like because of the delivery. Yeah, it was yeah. bad, and so. You know, that's what I saw when she comes out. I'm like, oh my goodness, what's you know, what's wrong? And by the time I got to see her again, the deformity was gone already. Sure. I mean, it was just a couple hours later, and so amazing anatomy of newborn kids. But uh, just holding her for the first time, you know, I was really young and just couldn't believe that the wait was finally over. You know, and this is actually happening. This is what we were waiting for, and and it was a very special moment. So. Ryan, how about you? Ours was the pregnancy leading up to the delivery was kind of hectic because there's like a couple times going in for, you know, um, just an ultrasound. And they said, well, we see a shadow here. We see something here. The heartbeat's not where we want it. So we had to, there's a couple times where we actually had to go and stay overnight in the hospital before during the pregnancy. So they had, they had to induce Vanessa which was a week before that she was supposed to be induced because that they were concerned that she was small. So it all happened that day within 24 hours. Um, but the last like two hours of it went so fast. It went from uh, like, well, we sent everybody home an hour before the baby was delivered. We were like, the doctor said, well, it doesn't look like it's going to happen tonight. It's probably going to happen in the morning. So we'll send everybody home. You guys had left. My parents had left and probably 15 minutes after you guys had left, we give you guys a call and say, Jordan's coming now. Um, and so, you know, 45 minutes later, there's baby Jay. And and it was so fast when she was born, when she came out, they immediately set her on Vanessa's chest. And so that was just, it was, she didn't cry, but she wasn't, you know, there was nothing wrong. She just sat her on, uh, they just sat her on Vanessa's chest and Jordan looked right up into both of our eyes. And of course we started crying, but it was just, it was so fast. I didn't, ex- I thought, you know, in my mind, I was like, they're going to take her out. They're going to get her to cry. They're going to do this, do that. But no, it was an instant out onto the chest, just looking at us. And we were like, oh, look, it's, it's our little baby Jade. Not, nothing was wrong. She was just perfect. So it was very, it was very fast happen all the whole time. Brian? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so we're just very thankful. Like my wife, Becca is amazing. And, and we had a really, um, you know, kind of hazard free pregnancy along the whole way. And, and we had heard, you know, that inside the womb, you know, baby can hear. So, you know, it may seem kind of silly, but you know, not to us, but we would, we would read to this future baby of ours. And, and I would typically read a book every night as he was nearing his time. And, and so for me, like, first off, I'll just say I'm very thankful that I'm a man uh, because I just, that whole pregnancy experience, wow, I, I would not be very good at delivering a child. I just feel so bad for the ladies listening, but praise God for you. And uh, so I, you know, as the husband, you're just trying to be the support person and Becca, you know, had to be induced because her, her water kind of partially broke and they wanted baby out. And so I'm just trying to, like Ryan was saying, like, it just happened so fast, but you're just like in the moment trying to give whatever kind of relief you can to, to, to your wife. And um, then Charlie is finally born and similar to Ryan, like they put, her on, put him on Becca's chest. And I remember just looking at him and not really knowing what to think, like similar to Chris, like, you know, 
newborns are cutish, but they got stuff all over them. It's like, it's like, okay, this is my son. I've been waiting. And then uh, all I said was, hey, buddy, welcome to the world. And he turned his head and he looked at me. And I just like, that was it for me. I just lost it because mm-hmm. I'd been reading to him. And I don't know if it was like voice recognition from all those months. And that was just such a, like, such a special moment that I, I hope I never forget. So. Yeah, it was interesting for me, uh, Krista, had, I was at teen camp. I was a student pastor at the time. And so Krista came to visit me at, uh, at, at teen camp, and her and her mom. And uh, she came and said, hey, the doctor said I'm still about two weeks away. And I just had this feeling that she was going to have the baby like that night. And so she'd been walking up and down these hills at the, at the camp. And uh, I said, do you want me to come home? Because I, I think I have the baby tonight. And she, she said, no, no, no. The doctor said at least two weeks. And it was back in the day when you had pagers. Some of you may not know what they are. A small box who would vibrate on your hip, maybe mm-hmm. do a beep. Um, and she was the only one who had the number. The only reason for the pager was for the baby. Uh, they had special deals back then. It was like baby pagers. And so the dads would have them. And, and so sure enough, uh, that night I get paged and I knew what was happening. And so the, uh, the camp was about two hours away. And I made it home, let's just say, quicker than two hours. It was sort of an amazing thing. Um, God just sort of got me there quicker, uh, or maybe I got myself there quicker. Uh, any policeman out there, the statute of limitations is done, but I got home pretty quick. And I was able to take her to the hospital. And uh, and I, I, just, I just remember on the whole drive, you know, just praying for both Krista and Vanessa. And then getting there and the whole delivery happened and we definitely won't go into that. Uh, again, I, I agree with you, Brian. Thank you, ladies, for, for yeah, for being a part of that. And the nine months of waiting and not having that intimacy, you know, with the child that the mom has, um, it's worth it. Uh, so, yeah, so the baby comes, and I love that the doctor, um, who was amazing, like we're talking like uh, – movie star good looking so all even the nurses you could tell were just sort of wooed by him uh, so when the baby came all of a sudden she said he says uh dad you did all the hard work thank you very much and it, i mean it was just gasp like he would even say that but he got away with it because he was so good looking and uh i remember looking at vanessa and just having an overwhelming feeling i mean i, I right away thought of my father and what a great dad he was and thought my goodness this is a lot of responsibility and uh, Lord, help me, help me uh, be attentive, help me listen to your voice, help me lead well. Um, the interesting thing is that very night there was a tornado uh, that came through the area. And so I went and got some Arby's um, with, with Chris's mom who was there. And when we came back, uh, I said, you know, where's my, my wife and child? And they said, well, they're, they're safe and we're going to take you to a different room. And I remember saying, uh, no, you're not. Uh, you're going to take me directly to where they are. And I guess they, they saw the look on my face and took me right to them. And uh, so we, we joked quite a bit that the night Vanessa was born, it was this huge tornado type of thing and and uh, sort of to mark her birth. Uh, but, yeah, what what, a, what an amazing moment for each of the kids, you know. And, and, Chris, you can speak to the fact you got four, but for each of them, just the, the weight of fatherhood uh, was felt almost immediately. Yeah, and I— I feel like each one prepared me to be more intentional about the birth of the next one. You know, yes. each time I I could look back and say, oh, man, I should have been more attentive to that. Or, or, you know, this is a super special thing. So let me make sure I'm really present in that, you know, particular moment. So, yeah. And I, I think, um, and we can talk about this a little bit, but the reality of it for me, too, was 
just a tremendous appreciation for each of the children. You know, so when each one came, you know, sort of piggyback on what Chris was saying about the fathering part of that, me as a husband appreciated all the more um, my wife saying I do, you know, on that on that uh, during our wedding and just the commitment she had to our family and the fact that, you know, what what a what a blessing it is to have a wife who had the children, you know, who who went through what she went through. Um, and as a as a father, uh, it it has made me more appreciative as a husband for who she is and, and the way that that God's gifted her as a mom. So I don't know if you guys feel any want to add to that at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <clears throat> no, I, I was going to say, and, and I'm sure we're going to talk about this, but I remember somebody telling me. Uh, you know, you're going to understand the love that God has for you as soon as you see your son. I'm like, I'm so excited for that. And it happened and I didn't like I, <clears throat> this kids in my arms and now I've got to figure out how to transport a home and I don't, I've never used a car seat in my life, you know? And, but I think like the older he's gotten, especially when it comes to just, he's, he's a little bit more mischievous and, uh, you know, gets in trouble here and there, but my love for him just continues to grow, man. It really does. And, and for me, it's helped because I, I, you know, for a long time lived with this, like I've, I've messed up and God's mad at me. And I don't think I've ever like truly been mad at Charlie, you know, like he gets into trouble and, and stuff, but like my forgiveness seems endless for him. And it's given me a, a much fuller picture of God's love for me. You know, like I would literally do anything for him. I would literally give, you know, I'd give my life for him. I would. And, and that's the love that God has for us. So I think it has enhanced definitely my knowledge of God's love and, but it's taken a little bit of time. It wasn't like this immediate thing that I felt in the hospital room. You are such a godly man. I have been mad at my kids. Okay, <laughs> okay, I, I, you're right. There's been moments. He's not first. Charlie's not a teenager yet. Yeah, so. that's true. That's true. Yeah, there, four, there, I mean, there, there you go. Yeah, he won't pick up his room. But no, I mean, definitely like frustration for sure. But yeah. this, this like, no, I, I totally cast out of the family thing, man. No, yeah, that's right. You're done. I haven't done that yet, Craig. Like you have. <laughs> okay, yeah, <laughs> just kidding, <laughs> listeners. Yeah, I've often said to people that uh, that you know, marriage has taught me a lot about myself. Good, bad, ugly. You know, but um, but parenting has taught me a lot about God and his love and, and just uh, the reality that, you know, you're right. You know, they're your children. And uh, no matter what they do, that love is there. And, and just, uh, you know, when you, when I look at the, the passage in Scripture where, where Peter says, you know, the Lord's not slow in coming back. He's just waiting to give people time, you know, to make a decision for him. You know, having three children, you know, I look at them, and if two of them were, like, seriously walking with God and one wasn't, I thank God all three of them are. But if two were and one wasn't, that wouldn't be good enough. Like, you know, I would be praying, Lord, don't come back now. Give the that one who isn't walking with you more time. And so, you know, that, that verse, for instance, as a parent, has, has really just resonated with me. Um, just his profound love and, and to be able to say that as his creation, as his children that way, you know, that patience of just saying, I love so much, I'm going to give them every opportunity to, to respond to my love is, is just profound. It's just profound to think of, of God's profound love to us. And, and the reality of that, I mean, even Jesus says, you know, even a, you know, even a good father would do this, this, and this, and God is so much more. It's just, it's just unbelievable. And uh, as a dad, to, to look at our Heavenly Father as sort of the model of fatherhood is quite an amazing thing. And, and thankful that he puts his spirit in us to be able to, to follow his lead. Not perfectly, but to grow in it. And so 
How about you guys, uh, Ryan? Uh, talk a little bit about you know just uh, fatherhood. You know the idea of just that love for your child. Yeah, I. It's so. It's really getting to see Jordan grow into this young lady. You know, she's three years old, so she's has a full vocabulary. But going on sixteen. But going on sixteen, yeah. But just to, I mean, to echo what Brian said, and I think what all of us are saying is that. Really, truly, I mean, I love Vanessa like nothing else on this planet. When Jordan came is when I fully felt the full, I guess, not that Vanessa didn't reciprocate her love back to me, but the full reciprocation of love between Jordan and I, where I was like, now as she's three years old looking at me, she is one of the few people in life that truly knows, I don't know how she does this, but knows what... I need in love that few people really do, you know, so just either a hug here or, or a cuddle here or a snuggle here or something that I don't even really know that I need at that point, but is fully understanding that, oh, this is an extension of me and my family and she fully knows what I need in this moment. She doesn't, she's three years old. She doesn't understand any of that emotional stuff really yet, but she knows, you know, and I can reciprocate it back to her that I love her more than anything in that life has given me up until this point because of just, you know, I guess seeing her and Vanessa, you know, together and then seeing me with her as a family unit. And it's just three of us right now. I mean, we're all still young. I mean, I'm only 27, Vanessa's 26, and not I think, 28. She's not 28. 26, that's right. Um, but I think that, you know, we obviously, we want more kids. So, you know, one of my, I guess, anxieties looking onto it, looking at Chris and looking at you is that my anxieties leading up to is I don't, I have so much love for Jordan and I don't want to miss out on anything that I'm sometimes a little anxious to have another one because I'm afraid of possibly not being able to give Jordan all the love that she has currently got up until this point, you know? So that's like when I think of like fatherly love and godly love, God has an expansive amount of love that's perfect for everybody. And I don't feel necessarily adequate enough yet to do that. Yeah. You don't know it until it happens. And then you realize love isn't, isn't a, a finite thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 somewhat infinite, and and so when you add children, it's not you don't divide your love, your your capacity of love grows. I was gonna say it increases your capacity. Yeah, yeah. Your attention now is split. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, that that, but your love certainly doesn't. Chris, speak to that a little bit. You know, just the well, since, since you outnumber us. <laughs> I mean, the first thing that pops in my mind is just the the how we grow as parents, and and so our capacity of love grows. But then we grow as as parents and how we show that love and how we're intentional and all that thing, all that stuff. So, you know, the way I parent my seven-year-old Emerson is totally different than I parented Madison when she was seven, you know. And um, in good ways, mostly, I think. And, and Madison will call us out on it sometimes, you know, like, I never would have gotten away with that when I was her age. And we're like, well, you know. I've grown. I'm a more patient father than I used to be. You know? And you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so that's what pops in my mind when I, when I heard you talk about the hesitation to add more kids is, you know, your capacity to love is going to grow and 
your what you've learned through raising Jordan for these three years is going to bless your son or daughter or whatever you have for your your second kid. I'm I'm leaning towards you having a son. I hope mm-hmm. you know, but uh, uh, it's just gonna it's gonna the more you have, the the better of a parent you become. You know, and something that I I've been thinking on recently, and Vanessa and I have been talking about is. For me as a father, it's such a learning curve because I wasn't raised in a household that knew Jesus. So raising Jordan to have a foundation of Christ at such a young age, I'm like, I don't what what is good for like what can a three year old understand and you know and so it is very much a learning curve. So I lean on Vanessa a lot because she was raised in a home that had Christ as the foundation of like, you know, like when is too early to have them start praying for themselves, you know? And what when do we start, you know, understand like when Easter came about, it's like, well, why do we celebrate Easter? Oh, because Jesus died on the cross, you know? And so, you know, I just I think about a lot of stuff when it comes to the next step of not just Jordan, but another kid. and But I think this makes you a more intentional parent. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not bad. I mean, I think for all of us, even with, you know, and that answer changes a little bit. I mean, you know, with each of our children, their, um, their understanding of things, the way they learn, all those things are different. And so the the one thing is you do learn uh, how to be a better parent. That, that word patience that Chris used, you know, I'm a much more patient um, person now than when, when uh, Vanessa was born. Uh, but the the other part of it is too. Just because you've had one doesn't mean you're going to be fully equipped. Now I've learned uh, because they're different, and, and all of a sudden you realize, wait a minute, that worked. Like with Vanessa, you know, a stern look was like huge, you know. And my second came along, and he was like, bring it on, you know. I mean, it was like you give a look, he's like, all right, I'll give it right back, you know. And and they're all so different. Um, but you do grow. I use this story quite a bit because it just it just shows. So my son, um, who was learning how to drive, uh, you know, my youngest, he he had done something with the car, and it wasn't even my car. And uh, uh, he came in and told me, and I coached him through having to tell the person whose car it was what they had what he had done. And uh, and he came out later and said to me, "Thank you so much I, for being so patient with me." And I said, "No, no, no. Go thank your your sister and an older brother." Uh, because I probably wouldn't have been that patient with either of them. But you, you do grow. You're growing, not just as a parent, you're growing in Christ. You're, 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 you're growing in your relationship with him, and that just helps you become a, a better father, but, but still not a perfect father. I mean, the reality of it is uh, there's times where I've had to say I'm sorry to my kids. You know, I, I didn't handle that right, or, or I spoke to you in a way that I shouldn't have, or you know, the punishment didn't fit the crime, you know, type of thing. And, and so there is that humility, I think, that needs to be there, too, that our kids need to see. And hopefully through that, um, they can learn um, that, yeah, dad's not perfect, but he does love them. You know, that's, diff- that's the difference between God the Father and me as a father. Uh, he's perfect. I'm far from. But I'm growing. I'm growing in my relationship with him. Have you guys, I'm guessing all of you have had to have the I'm sorry uh, moment with your kids, too, right? They're saying no. Let's no, see. they're Let's all perfect. Go first on that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, Chris. <laughs> well, just back to the point that's been mentioned here is is growing, learning that you know I reflect on my childhood and teenage years, and you know I, I grew up in a loving home, but it wasn't a Christian home. Um, 
but I don't think I ever heard the phrase, I'm sorry for my dad. Yeah, same here. You know, and never once. And and so I, I can't remember the first time I went to one of my kids and said, I'm sorry, but I, I do more often than I ever used to. And um, I'm hoping that I'm getting better at not creating the scenarios in which I need to say I'm sorry. You know? But it's like you're saying you're sorry. You're like, I don't want to do this again. Yeah. So you become um, – so. I've been trying to stay away from the phrase because I told you so. Because to like Jordan, well, I guess growing up, that was something that was said a lot because it was just for, I guess, the last half of my, you know, teen life, it was just me and my mom. So she's like, I got no time to argue with you. So it's because I told you so. And not saying that was a bad thing, but I can tell when Jordan, when she asks, like, why? Just saying because I told you so, to me, I'm like, I don't really even know why I'm telling you this because I told you so. And so, like, some of it obviously, like, hey, don't touch the stove. Why? Well, it's hot. Why? Well, because I told you so. Um, But, like, something I've been really trying better or something I've been trying to be better at is saying I'm sorry because, you know, she's so attentive and everything so like me even just coming home from being gone all day and just being on my phone for a couple of uh, you know a couple minutes and her repeatedly asking me hey daddy can we play can we play you know she can see the phone in front of my face and she knows that that my attention is drawn away from her and so I tried to you know when she does that try to be aware enough to put the phone down and say oh I'm sorry daddy was daddy wasn't paying attention you know I don't know no, just stuff's important and stuff that when I, you know, when my, all three of my kids were little was, was not a temptation because it wasn't even around. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's something now that I know a lot of parents are wrestling with, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, something to be thoughtful about. Yeah. How about you, Brian? Speak into this here. Well, I've never made a mistake, Craig. I, well, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> you're, oh, Rebecca says, I'm sorry all the time, but. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, well. I'll, I'll answer by just sharing a quick little story. We were in Aldi. No, we were we were in so- somewhere the other day shopping, and he was in the shopping cart. And very audibly, very politely, very kindly, he just said, "Dada." I said, "Yeah, bud." He goes, "I hate you." <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a smile on his face? <laughs> yeah, he just yeah. right at me. I hate you. And and in my head, like I immediately was like, "What?" And then I was like, "Hold on, just ask him the question." And I was like, "Hey, bud, where'd you hear that?" Because Becca and I don't don't say that. And he goes. I heard it from my cousin. I said, do you know what it means? No. <laughs> so I got a chance to walk through. So I say that to say like right now in this early stage of life, he's so observant to everything going yes. on that I think one of the best things I can do for him is is I want him to see me apologizing to Becca, you know, yeah, absolutely. my spouse. And and and, uh, and and just and it's it's more than just when I mess up with him, but when I mess up with other people, you know, and I want him to see me as somebody who is is mistake prone, but one who's humble enough to recognize that and learn and grow from that. So the, I feel like there's been plenty more times where I've had to say sorry to Becca in his presence than sorry to him sure. at this point because he is only four. Uh, but there's been certainly I think I shared a story uh, where he. You know, he was doing something on the wall right after I had done it, but was doing it much more aggressively and marking it up. And I was like, what are you doing? You know, stop. And Becca's like, he's just copying you. Like, he thinks he's painting too. And I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, you're right. You're right. And but so, get it together, son. Yeah. Come on. No, you can't paint with that quality. <laughs> um, so yeah, <laughs> Becca's just, I've, I've already said before, but Becca's been really helpful for me. Um, <clears throat> and, and I've just been 
sometimes I have to sit back and just process what's happening before I react. You know, we're very, we're very reactionary. I'm very reactionary, and it's good for me just to breathe for three seconds and. You know, I've heard it said that, you know, and this was before I ever had kids. So as part of the weight of holding the first child and then with each of the others, too, was, you know, your son's going to look to you to see what type of um, husband and father he he should be. And your daughter's going to look to you to see what type of husband she should marry. Mm -hmm. And and to me, that's been a huge responsibility to say, man, I want to make sure, you know, with Vanessa, I thank God for who she married, a godly man. Um, that way I don't have to go to jail uh, because he's not uh, treating her right. You know, but as I look at my boys, I, you know, I look at the way that they treat their their wives, their wife, uh, one who's married. And, you know, I just want to make sure, you know, did, did I model, you know, did I model that right? And because um, now I parent by permission. All my kids are, are legal adults. And, and so I, I parent by permission. I mean, I still have a responsibility as a parent, but it, it's different. It changes. Um, most of the time, I'm invited into the conversation, uh, unless my unless I channel my dad, which would simply no, I don't have to be invited in any conversation. <laughs> I'm automatically there, but uh, but most of the time, I'm trying to be the best I can be at allowing it myself to be invited into, versus just sort of doing it. Um, I'm right now probably seventy percent good at it, thirty percent not so good. But um, that's passing. Yeah. Well, hey, and for generationally speaking, that's like a huge advancement in the Cooper uh, lineage. So I wonder what grade your kids would give you. Oh, they'd probably give me worse. I mean, don't they? Call, I call mean, them come up on. right now. Get them on the phone. And they might give me better. I don't know. I don't know what they would say. I, th- I yeah, think call them. Right? It's all from which one? <laughs> Vanessa would give me a high rating. Vanessa would give you a high rating. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm not going to go down the others, but I'm, I'm, she would be the one I would call. Yeah. yeah. She, she would give me the rating I, I, I would hope for. Um, let's talk a little bit. Your, your kids are still young, Brian and Ryan, but, you know, for Chris and I, our kids are, are older. And, you know, I just want to talk about a little bit, you know, I've had times where my kids have made decisions that, that I certainly wouldn't have made, to say the least. And um, that's difficult. I, I just want dads out to understand. I understand how difficult parenting can be. Um, you know, there, there, I joke with my wife sometimes and I, I'll say, I'll say, you know, why did you do this? Joking to her because we'll be going through something with one of our children and it's so painful because you want to make the decisions for them. You want to, you want to protect them. Sometimes they're even making decisions that I have made. And I'm like, don't go down that road. I've been there and you can't, you can't make the decisions for them. You try to put that parameter of safety around them, but at the end of the day, you can't be with them 24 seven, nor should you. Um, they have to learn how to spread their wings and fly on their own. Um, but it's hard. And, and Chris, you know, like I said, our kids are older. But for me, that's been the, the most difficult part of parenting for me has been those moments, I think, where my heart is just so aching for one of my kids, you know, and what they're going through. Yeah, the transition to parenting adult children, we're fresh in it. You know, our oldest is going to be 19 in August. And so to watch your kids, you know, the hope is you've raised them and prepared them for adulthood. And I, I was uh, joking now that my daughter, you know, she went off to college, you know, the, the teenage years can be so difficult so that you want them to go off to college, <laughs> you know? Uh, that's just a joke. Sorry, Maddie, I love you if you're listening. <clears throat> but uh, that's hard to do, to watch your kids make decisions and, and have to I like the phrase you're using, parent by permission. That's a difficult transition. That's, it is. That's, it's just a whole different. And uh, that teaches me much about God, too, Yeah. who doesn't 
always insert himself, mm-hmm. but allows us to make the choices we make, and, and that means some of the consequences. Yeah. And my heart aches at the times where I've put God through that. <laughs> I heard a, my wife shared a quote with me. She read from a book a couple weeks ago that um, for our adult kids, unsolicited advice sounds like criticism. And that has been like a huge thing for me. Like that quote has been in my brain ever since I heard that. And how I talk to Madison, my oldest, but now my son, who's going to be 18 in December, I'm already trying to put that into practice somewhat with him. And obviously I'll be better at it when my 12-year-old becomes an adult and everything like that. And so with Madison, I'm trying to navigate that tightrope of, I'm going to let her be an adult, but I'm still present in her life and still have a responsibility as her parent just looks different. Yeah. You know, and I've I've found that part of that, that journey for me too is, is when I'm speaking, am I speaking now as, as the father or am I speaking as a, as a believer concerned for another believer, which, which is a whole, I'm a father, I'm both. Mm -hmm. But there's this times where I, I ask myself, would would you insert yourself if it wasn't your child? Not to say that there isn't a greater responsibility for your kids, and there's certainly times you insert yourself in your kid's life that you wouldn't in someone else's. But um, but that that's sort of one of the things I ask myself sometimes. You know, is, is that something that I need to say? Is it something that should be said? Would I say it if it was someone else? It, it's just it's not easy because again, there's no uh, there's great parenting books out there, but at the end of the day. Um, Man, every child's different. Every family dynamics. There's a lot that's in there, and so I want to sort of wrap up our time with this question because I think this is the question that that really could help some some dads out there. Um, and that's this. And Brian, we'll start with you. We'll go around the horn here. Um, but uh, you know, what role has God played? What role is God playing in your fatherhood? What role is your relationship with Him play as you as a dad? You know, just that whole. You know, you're you're a believer. Well, all four of us are believers, and, and we can't speak of the type of dads we'd be without Christ, but we can speak to the type of dads we are with Christ. And so talk to us a little bit about that as we each go around to sort of end our time in this podcast together with that question. Sure, yeah. So I had the, I had the, the blessing and privilege of being a believer for well over a decade before fatherhood. So you know, I was discipled and, you know, the fruits of the spirit were things that I had been pursuing for a while. And I would say my life, who I am before Charlie was born was was much different in a, in a good way, like a much more Christ-centric way. So I feel like that that was an advantage for Charlie coming on the scene, having a dad who who strived and not always perfectly, by the way, but you know, understood, you know, this concept of self-control and gentleness and kindness. And again, I, I have not hit the teenage years. I know it's going to get tougher. Um, but for me, like God has, has helped me so much. I think especially with patience, that's one thing I'm just, I'm just not a naturally very patient person and I'm still very bad at it, but you know, uh, just being patient, helping, uh, he's helped me to control my tongue. Um, our tongue is so powerful, you know, words have the ability to build up and just as quickly tear down. Right. And I, I want to use words that build Charlie up. And I love what you said, Chris, like I'm preparing him even at a, as a four-year-old to, to be an adult, you know, to, to live in society, um, to hopefully love the Lord. And, and we're seeing some cool little spiritual fruit out of him, which is awesome. And, 
uh, even just today, I picked him up from preschool and my parents at the time of this recording are getting over a, a small little sickness in the world. And, and uh, he goes, Hey dad, tonight when we're praying, let's pray for, for Didi and Papa that they would feel better. And I was like, that's a, that's a great idea, bud. So, you know, I, I, just to say, you know, God's changed everything for me. And so it's hard to imagine parenting without the influence of the Lord in my life. Um, two thoughts that have come to my mind just listening to Brian and thinking about that question. One is how much my kid's faith has like inspired me in sure. my faith, but also deeply humbled me in my faith. Like I'm a pastor. And so I'm at church, full-time job, you know, I'm, I'm here all the time. It's easy for me to be a Christ follower. I look at my daughter and my, my oldest two kids, my 12-year-old, they're navigating their faith in extremely aggressive environments that, that don't want them to have faith, you know, public schools and, and just all that stuff. And so... Um, that was one thing about my mind. I'm not really sure where I'm going with that. Just the idea that I've, I've watched my kids' faith and the things they've had to deal with, and it's it's been a motivation that strengthened my faith. But as far as what has God done for me as a parent, uh, I was a Christ follower for just about a year when I had my first kid. Uh, but you know, prayer, prayer, and the Psalms have sustained me through parenthood. You know, there's been times where I have gone to God and just crying out to Him and uh, in prayer and there's been times where I've been I've not known how to express what I'm feeling as a father or through something I've been dealing with in my family or my household and the Psalms have put words to those emotions that I'm feeling and you know when Jesus says in John 14 you know peace I leave with you not as the world leaves you like I have felt that peace through prayer and through God's word in moments of extreme duress in parenthood, you know, um, for kids having health issues or kids having obedience issues or, you know, as you said earlier, Craig, you, you know, your kids making choices you wouldn't make, you know, it's heartbreaking, it's heart-wrenching to watch that. But uh, just that peace that comes from God through prayer and, and Scripture. Yeah, good word, good word. Amazing. Ryan? I think um, for Jordan being so young that there is a lot of, uh, concepts that are hard for her to understand right now. And so I'm approaching it, Vanessa and I are approaching it very much, I think, how I think I approached my first couple of years as a believer. Um, I was only about seven years, but f- like out of college, since I went to a private Christian university, out of college, really three years on my own, really trying to develop my own faith. And something that was super important, something that was super important, I think, at the be- at the beginning with, with Jordan and now seeing it kind of come to fruition was prayer. Is, you know, she can't sit down and open the Bible herself and read the scriptures and understand them and make observations. But, you know, I can read her some poems that come from this, you know, fun picture Bible that we have, but then the really practical example that we do with Jordan is prayer. She's getting into a stage now because what we, I think, have hopefully really instilled in her life is the power of prayer. And even if she doesn't necessarily understand the full grasp and meaning of it, Vanessa and I do, and we've seen what prayer can do in lives. And so 
we're at a point now where like Jordan's first thing she does if she knows that either someone's hurting or someone's sick or if we need something, you know, her first thing to do is to pray. And it may sometimes be, you know, hey, let's pray, Jordan. But some like most of the time, you know, she's getting to a point now before we go to bed, she's asking if she can pray first before I do. You know, and it used to be me, like, can daddy pray? And she'll say, yeah, but now she's praying. And obviously, you know, her prayers are all over the place. But something that you can see is that she's she's starting to understand why we're doing this. And maybe not the full picture of it, but with how important prayer has been in Vanessa and I's life with, you know, church planning and graduating college and new marriage and like all these things and a baby coming to see Jordan just three years out of the womb into this world that is going to get crazier and crazier as she gets older that one of the first things she's doing is going to prayer and saying you know you know God I'm going to just give you this you know we just at the like like Brian said but at the time of this recording we just got over being sick both of us and you know she didn't understand why daddy couldn't be near her when she was sick or while she can't be near somebody when she's sick but what she knows that she can do is at least pray for it you know and so there's a lot of times the past couple weeks where she would just pray you know you know pray for daddy's sickness or pray because daddy's sick that that's it well and that'll serve her well Mm -hmm. as she gets older just that uh, that dependence on god that prayer prayer teaches us yeah you know for me it's just two things really um I'm so thankful that in all of life, but including my parenting, that I'm not alone, um, that God is um, He's active, He's involved. Uh, the times where He's brought me comfort, the time where He's brought me wisdom, the time where He's brought me conviction, all those things are much appreciated in my journey with Him, but especially as, as a father. And then secondly, I'm not alone in the fact that I'm a part of a church family. And uh, for most of our um, raising up of our kids, um, we, were, we weren't near family, like biological family, and uh, but we always had a church family. And so there were always those who we could go to who would pray with us and who would model, um, who had been further down the road in our parenting. And, and without that, uh, we would have been lost. So God really has over the years used the church family to have a profound impact on our, on our parenting, on me as a dad, talking to other dads. And, you know, the reality of it is parenting isn't easy. It's not getting easier. And uh, for those of you dads out here who may even be wrestling with the reality that, you know, your relationship with your kids is estranged right now, I, I just want you to know that you're not alone, uh, that, that God is, is definitely with you, and that we, if you're here at Crosswinds, we're here with you, that, that we understand that and we want to support you. I also say to dads out there, you, maybe you look back and you say, look, I can't, re- I can't picture anything I did right. Um, and that may be just a hard criticism of yourself, or you just might have been um, not walking with the Lord. Other things were happening in your life. Today is the day. Uh, you know, we can't change the past, but we can do something with our present to make a difference. And your influence is still extremely valuable uh, to your kids. And so in any way that we can help you as Crosswinds, we're here to help one another in our journey with Christ, in our journey with our families, our journey with our kids. Um, journey uh, in general. And so, you know, please reach out to us. Uh, you're not alone. Um, but guys, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. Uh, I hope uh, it encourages dads out there. 
um, just helps them take a, you know just another step uh, in a relationship with Christ that impacts their kids and everyone else around them. And so, Brian, thanks for being here. Thank you, Craig. Chris, thanks for being a part of this. You're welcome. <laughs> and Ryan, thanks for being here. I love it, Craig. Well, for now, let me just encourage you to join us next week. If you want to know anything about this podcast or all things Crosswinds, please go to our website. That's sort of one of our information hubs at crosswinds.church. You can find out all things Crosswinds, all things Unleashed Podcast, as well as communicate with us. For now, I just want to encourage you to be blessed and bless others. Mm-hmm.